0: Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner and this is the show where I talk to the funniest and nicest people I know. They're the friends of the show. This week's friend is Isabel Zatun at Isabel Zatun and this is the very first live and in-person episode recorded at my very own humble abode. It was so nice speaking with Isabel face to face. She shares great tales about growing up in rural northern Canada, and we get real deep answering questions submitted by listeners just like you. So a huge thank you to everyone who sent some. Strike a pose. It's Friends of the Show, episode 34, with the Pigeon Fancier.
1: No me morir así. Dijan que dije algo. Translation, do not let me die like this. Tell them I said something. Pancho Villa.
0: A poncho via. What a good guy. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for bri- providing us with that quote this week, and welcome to the podcast, Isabel.
1: Thank you for having me. Woo!
0: So for the listeners, Isabel Zatun. am I saying that correctly? Yeah,
1: that's it. I mean, uh, no, but I can't say it correctly oh, either. well, it's how a, would you say it? Uh, it's Zotun. It's a tonal language that I was not taught.
0: Oh, so I'm putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable.
1: Uh, my dad sometimes tries to explain it to us, and he's like, it's Zatun." It's not Zatun. Oh, and so. he uses his hands to illustrate, which is completely unhelpful. And I'm just like, Daddy, you didn't teach us how to speak Burmese. So, so
0: there's probably like an accent on the U, right? Like Yeah, a, a Burmese stress.
1: has more tones than Cantonese. It's a very hard language to learn.
0: So it's a Burmese name. Yeah. Very interesting. Zatun. Zatun, it, it's fine. I'll never.
1: Hear <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of weird variations throughout my life. A lot of people like to say zatune like a cartoon, um, which like makes me sound adorable, but it's <laughs> very incorrect. I mean, like here I am lecturing people on pronunciation, and I just like had the worst Spanish.
0: <laughs>
2: no, <I laughs> thought that was good.
0: I liked it. I like when people bring other languages to. It. We had a Latin quote one time, and. That was really fun, too. So yeah, that
1: was uh, Phil Stomato. Wow. <laughs>
0: Phil Stomato. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a good callback. And so i like to see the other languages, too, because um, I speak a little French and some Spanish. So it's great to hear the other languages represented. Bancho It's
1: a good quote. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great quote. So <laughs> we should mention, this is the very first live Friends of the Show podcast, so welcome to the studio. Yeah,
1: you guys. Spoiler alert: Stephen has a
0: beautiful home. No, oh, like out I'm to sitting Kat. beside
1: a like. There's a gorgeous Christmas tree. Uh, shout out to Stephen's wife for <laughs> yeah. uh, taking the guard dog to her parents.
0: Yes, shout out, and it was Griffin who couldn't be here. He hates podcasts, so we had to get him out. But thank you very much for coming over. It's uh, it's great. So I had to set up, set up, got my whole studio set up here, and we're doing it. I hope it sounds okay. <laughs>
1: I'm sure it's so it sounds great.
0: So, let's let the listeners catch up and myself so some bit of your life story. This is like the WTF part, but we condense it to just the beginning. May? Tell us uh, a bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where how where did you grow up?
1: Okay. Um so I'm uh born in Alberta in the in the mountains in the south, then lived most of my childhood in the far north. Uh, by far north, I mean like in the summertime the sun never set.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and then we moved south to Toronto. Well, uh, there are so many other details in there. We moved around a lot. Now I'm in Toronto. <laughs> okay.
0: So what? we're in the far north. How long were you up there?
1: We moved down when I was 10. And then for a long time, I was determined that when I was 20, I was going to leave Ontario because I was like, I can't live more than half my life here. Right. <laughs> uh, but I'm still here. Yay. I don't know if I could ever go back. For a university, I went to University not in toronto and it was in... I don't know how many of your listeners know Canadian geography, but it was in a town called Kingston. Which isn't even a really small town I think it's still technically considered the city Yeah, pretty <laughs> right, yeah. And I realized how, like, citified, city, citified I'd become <laughs> when the first week of Frosch We went to go see a movie at 9pm And the theater was closed And I just threw a fit And I was like, what the, what the <laughs> hell hick town am I in For four years And I was just like, no, no, no I can't go I can't go smaller Also, when, when we moved to the city I didn't see myself as, like, a city person and I was like, oh, I miss the small town But if you're not white It's a lot easier living in a city <laughs>
0: Right, more diversity unless you're you know like mean, living in a small your... town
1: in uh, uh, another country I guess
0: so yeah but that's true unfortunately sort of the small town mentality is more towards just like the uh, white people rural white people right like mm-hmm. that's all the people in the the general outskirts of the GTA
1: Yeah, I mean the town I grew up in was primarily native people also it's just nice being able to get good groceries <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> like hard to uh, get.
1: you know I, I like being able to buy mangoes
0: Mangoes are key. Yeah, they're very good. So yeah, out there, it's, I guess they don't get as much selection. With and their it also groceries.
1: it also costs more because the the cost to,
0: to ship, ship it them, all out yeah. there. Yeah, you're not also the bugs. Oh, that's awful too. Especially yeah, summertime mosquitoes. Are we talking about?
1: Uh, yeah, it, black, flies. It, black flies and mosquitoes. And every time you have to go outside, you have to put on bug spray and relatives would visit us and be completely baffled. And every time we went down south, uh, it's also very funny, probably hearing a Canadian being like, when we went down <laughs> south to Edmonton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we when we went to the big city, I, as a child, was... Like, whoa, there are no bugs. It's like heaven. It's like I'm in heaven. You can oh, go to sleep okay. without a mosquito buzzing in your ear. It's fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that's probably the worst thing about the mosquitoes, just that one that gets into your room at night. Mm.
2: and <laughs>
0: That you spend hours trying to find it or whatever, you can't sleep, because once you close your eyes, it'll buzz right into your ear.
2: (laughs) Just the
0: worst sound that you can hear on, like, a hot summer night.
1: What I do love, though, is that every time um, a white dude around my age, in, like, let's say his 20s, finds out that I'm from up north, he immediately chimes in with, like, a black fly story of the time that he went portaging. Um, (laughs) His name is, like, Justin or something, and he's like, oh, I went to the Yukon and did canoeing, and like i know about black flies it's like okay sit down
0: (laughs) you don't know (laughs) vacation black flies what is that you gotta live and then some guy
1: from across the room yells like oh i'll take chunks out of you like they'll get so excited (laughs) telling their story about the one time they
0: experienced bugs black fly talk Mm -hmm. everyone wants everyone has their story yeah i don't know a couple summers ago back at my cousin's cottage we got bit up pretty bad i don't know But it's true, that's true, I, that did happen. Did I have one of those, <laughs> like, the hat with the mesh?
2: Oh I, my I gosh. That. Yeah. You're
1: just, go, like, really committing to being the... <laughs> I'm fine like, with it. Like, the fun uncle uh, <laughs> who,
2: <laughs> who makes I, puns and...
0: <laughs> I am completely fine with that role, yeah. So, uh, I wanted to mention that you do very cool artwork and awesome drawings. We um, should mention that up top. How did you get into that?
1: I'm not sure. I <laughs> just uh, started? Uh, I went to art school, and I did illustration, and I'll occasionally do some kids' books. I used to do, like, zines and some spot illustrations for magazines, but i got to feed my family, and it's <laughs> right. a really hard thing to monetize. But I still keep it around as a hobby, and I'll do – you know it from – I do tweet tweet drawings, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I have a book that I'm finishing up now. Ideally, it will be done by Christmas. This – all all depends on just me and if I <laughs> right. stop being
0: a uh, I stop lake, taking up all your time on uh, doing no, podcasts.
1: No. <laughs> okay, so what happens is I did, um, I'm illustrating a bunch of Kafka's short stories as a kid's book because when my kids were little, I would read them Kafka stories and they loved them and I think Kafka's perfect for children. Also, I should point out when my kids were little, I was like this university student. I was like, I'm going to raise my children intellectually. <laughs> so I did the illustrations for them on my own and I realized, oh, I can just turn this into a book and it would be fun. Uh, And I have all the illustrations done and I have all the story basically transcribed and all set up to go. I just have to scan three more pictures. That's literally all I've had to do. (laughs) And for the past four months, that's been all I've had to do. And I just haven't done it because I don't know something about me. It's like I get eighty percent done, and then I'm like, "Oh, I did such a good job! I did, uh, I did so great! Oh my gosh! I don't even need to finish that!" And then I just start telling people, "I'm like, I did this thing," and they're yeah. like, "Can I see it?" And I'm like, mm, "It's not done."
0: So, <laughs> okay, I get here's it. Here's
1: hoping that I just like uh, give myself a kick in the pants and get that finished by Christmas.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that, and we'll definitely put a link in the show notes if I get
1: yeah <laughs> more motivation that, right? for me to get it done.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, listeners, look for that coming soon, coming this Christmas. Hopefully. Kofka Fingers stories. crossed. <laughs> Kafka stories. That sounds really cool. That's really neat.
1: Yeah. If you're um, my yeah, Twitter I, friend and you have a kid and you want a copy, just uh, hit me up.
0: Hit her up at Isabel Zatun, Z-A-W-T-U-N, I-S-A-B-E-L, yeah, Z-A-W-T-U-N. That's, that's the one. You got it. And um, yeah, so you've drawn a bunch of cool, hilarious tweets uh, and I, I love it. You have a great style with color, like is that watercolor?
1: It's watercolor and marker.
0: Marker, color, and marker, the combination yeah. gets those good, like, colors.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what am I trying to say? Markers good for all texture. your color needs. <laughs> it's like a. Stevenson like what's an advertising? <laughs> texture. Uh, I like the look at those. And let's talk about Bad Boy Bacon. Because <laughs> that. Have you seen this Bad Boy Bacon account? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And it's based on your tweet?
1: Uh, it's not based on my tweet, it's your based drawing. on a. Um, tweet by uh marky doodoo marky doodoo at marky doodoo is that his at yeah mark i'm so sorry if i got that (laughs) wrong we're dear friends um shout out to marky doodoo (laughs) he enjoyed the drawing a lot uh, particularly a section of it where a strip of bacon is smoking and then he made a whole different account for it and occasionally he will message me via that account as bad boy bacon (laughs) being like come pick up me and my band in 20 minutes and bring weed (laughs) and that's been a fun thing for us mark is one of my favorite twitter people and also my mother pointed out to me that the structure of fat in bacon is the exact same as the structure of fat in avocado
0: oh yeah so if
1: y'all want to eat healthy you can eat bacon it's the same as eating avocado
0: you heard it here first breaking health news yeah bacon's great and bad boy Boy, Bacon is such a badass. He doesn't care about anyone (laughs) other than himself, but that's what makes him so cool. Yeah, he's a piece of bacon, wearing shades, smoking cigs, whatever. And it's a really
1: good account. You can go follow it.
0: Yeah, a fun time. Everyone, check out Bad Boy Bacon. I just wanted to give it a little shout out because yeah, it's that's fun. <laughs> and Marky Doodoo, definitely shout shout out. So we should also mention that you are fun and comedy related. Do comedy shows around the <laughs> city. I also enjoy a good comedy show. So we probably know some similar Toronto comedy folks. Um, we are should, we gonna
1: name names? No, let's gossip. Let's oh not, let's my not gosh.
0: get into who that. do you hate? <laughs> <laughs> and we should mention that you have your own show that you do the. Hack couture. Hack couture. I'm checking my notes here. Uh, hack couture. So it's like fashion meets comedy.
1: Exactly. Who doesn't love both those things in equal parts at the same time all the time?
0: Hey, I think it's great. And I should mention to the listeners, you're dressed very fashionably today. Uh, I'm making
1: earrings that I made myself out of. Porcelain doll heads. That's not a lie.
0: That is what I'm talking about now. If that isn't fashion, I don't know what is. You got great earrings going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the whole thing, really nice. So it's a legit. So tell us about the fashion.
1: Well, I believe, you know, I, we answered the question that everyone was asking why is there not runway? incorporated in comedy shows so <laughs> yeah. we uh put that together what actually happened was i um have a background in costume design and fashion for a while i was a personal shopper for a while i did costume design and the way i dress is just naturally <laughs> kind of out there and so i don't know how many people would be familiar with this trope of like the comedian who just wears like a plant shirt and jeans or like no one really dresses up for stage and just because i did occasionally suddenly i was became known for that oh yeah and then i connected with another comic her name's lucy gervais very very funny also has a flair for style and we bonded over that and we were just like we need to make a show that incorporates fashion and the feedback we've gotten has been really positive and really good it's a fun show to put together and it's really unique it's very it's high concept the uh not super high concept per se. The comedians dress up and they can dress up as flamboyantly as they want and we have a runway and then they do their set and then we have a panel of fashionable judges oh, nice. that judges their outfits and at the very end we crown a Miss Hack couture with a sash that I made myself out of a, <laughs> a sash that used to say a bachelorette and we give them a crown, a dollar store tiara. Nice. And uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: That sounds really cool. I haven't seen the show but I would definitely be interested. I'd love to see what the Come Yeah, comedians normally wear like black t-shirt and jeans or just like plain button-up shirt.
1: I feel like there's this idea with comics, and I could be totally wrong. I could be off base. But, I mean, when you're on stage and you're a comedian, you, you want to be an everyman. You want to be able to connect with the audience. And a lot of times if you dress up, then that can create some sort of a barrier. So a lot of comedians dress down for the stage. I also purposely started dressing up um, not to like make things political. But I have noticed that when I dress up, uh, and particularly when I wear things like dark makeup Um, like dark lipstick, high heels, colorful dresses, men leave me alone.
2: (laughs) Okay. All right. And
1: uh, so a lot of the reason that I dress super extra is it's a way of protecting myself when I'm in these spaces that are often like a bar basement late at night and it's completely men.
0: Unfortunately, that is... Something that you have to deal with, right? Mm. Like, as a woman. we have talked about it on the podcast before. It's not great out there. It's not great. (laughs) And I am sorry. (laughs) It's It's all
1: your fault. I accept your apology. Well,
0: I, you know. On
1: behalf of all women. No, I don't do that. I don't speak for all women. Uh, Don't write
0: me angry letters. (laughs) So, that's uh, great. Now, we get to your story. And it is (laughs) related to the topic. It is called... My first kiss or how to deal with blackmail.
1: I forgot this. I forgot I had submitted this. (laughs) Guys, listen, I'm a huge flake. Steven approached me about doing this podcast a million years ago, and I was very bad at getting back to him. I have uh, I'm looking at my phone now. I have 1700 unread emails in my inbox. My, (laughs) My life is a huge disaster. So, Steven, I apologize. I completely forgotten that was my story. Okay, should I just jump in?
0: You may. <laughs> okay,
1: so as I mentioned, I grew up way far up north. For those of you who are familiar with Canadian geography, it was a 10-hour drive north of Edmonton. Stephen is raising his eyebrows and looking <clears> shocked <throat> at that. Seems remote. So, <laughs> it
0: sounds remote. Yeah,
1: really small town. Real small town. Uh, here's a, This will give you a good idea of how small it was. When I was in kindergarten, I had a huge crush on a boy named Jed j-e-d that was his name farm country and Mm. he was the most adorable little creek kid he had a mullet and sometimes he'd run around without socks or shoes (laughs) that was normal and when i was in again when i was was in kindergarten i had a bad moment i i misjudged i uh, did not read the room correctly (laughs) and i made the horrible mistake of kissing jed did not go well was not reciprocated. Afterwards, <laughs> we kind of like backed up and looked at each other and just there was an understanding that we would never talk about that again and then we went our separate ways. Jed was actually a gentleman and did not bring it up. Like it was it was our dark secret. Okay. That happened. Okay, years pass. What seems like forever happens but really we're just fast forwarding to grade two okay? <laughs> okay um jed has made some bad decisions like he's made some bad social decisions one the decision to get glasses which Ooh, like what
0: Oh yeah you know? know that's a, that one. That's a that bad a... one
1: um uh, spoiler alert i would that would happen to me about like a month after this story takes place so <laughs> two he's taken the mullet to full-on rat tail that's oh, happening. Yeah. Three, he uh, is no longer the svelte kindergartner that he once was. Jed <laughs> gets a little chubby. Okay, listen, I'm, I don't want to body shame anyone, but when, when I phrase it like this, please understand that all body types are wonderful. Glasses are wonderful. And I don't know if I can say as much for rat tails, but if that's the <laughs> choice you're making for your life and it makes you happy, you know what? I support you 100%. But when you're in a, again, like remote, small, northern community, uh, and you're in grade two... <laughs> are not gonna propel you to the top of the social totem pole
0: Definitely I feel not. like
1: that is correct at least yeah you
0: put a, if you put on that second grade 15 or whatever
1: <laughs> <that's> <laughs> yeah you know hurt. you're not gonna girls aren't gonna be wanting to kiss you <laughs> no again uh, <laughs> every everybody is beautiful and Jed at grade 2 chubby glasses rat tail was a pro like a beautiful person but again children aren't always as open-minded and accepting so Jed's social stock was plummeting is what i'm saying right. Je- like people were no longer on the jed people train are
0: off jumping off the Jed. <laughs> jump, jumping
1: up the, jumping off the jed train so he did what any other child would do in the situation which was look directly below him on the socials totem pole and then just like bully bully but like you mm-hmm. know he was just like if i can push Punch down push off the bottom of the swimming pool <laughs> I'll- and so directly below him was me and i'll oh. tell you why town of 600 people my father was a teacher at my school mm-hmm. and also my father was the only asian man in town and also i had not gone to grade one i went straight from kindergarten to grade two so i was mm-hmm. a year younger and like a good deal smaller than all of the kids right. in uh, the school and also branded the quote-unquote smart kid because i had skipped a grade so that was also not helpful i was really i i hadn't made good social choices either you
0: targets know? on your back <laughs> yeah oh it
1: was bad so jed was, we were in the hallway and Jed was pointing at me and he was go- going, I'm going to tell your dad on you. I'm going to tell you. I don't know what this was connected to. I'm holding think-
0: it over to you.
1: I heard this a lot in, okay. s- in school, this I'm going to tell your dad on you. So uh, I rejoined with uh, my devastating reply, which I don't know if you've ever been bullied or if anyone listening to this podcast has been bullied or is being bullied now, you have a trick for you. When someone is d- saying this to you, all you have to do is just like make steely cold eye contact and go so yeah so
2: <laughs> there's
1: no comeback it was devastating jed was plummeting he was not doing well by now there was a crowd of kids around us and he could see that you know he wasn't he got stone wasn't wild. yeah <laughs> <laughs> wasn't working out uh at, at, i should point at this point i was a bullying pro like i like i said i had multiple targets on my back i knew how to deal with the stuff so uh he could not come back to my yes yeah, so but he could because he leaned in real close and he was like, "I'm gonna tell everyone." And at this point, I swear it became slow motion. And he was like, "That you kissed me?" Like, oh my gosh! Terror, terror! My whole body went like a cold sweat. I was like, "No!" And so my brain just kicked into high gear and did the only thing, like, like caveman instinct, like <laughs> primal, muscle, primal. Yeah. Uh, and I hauled off and I punched him as hard as I could in the face. He went. <laughs> Uh, Okay, in my memory, he went flying because I'm like Superman. (laughs) But I do remember he fell, like he fell on the ground. His glasses flew off and his glasses broke. Oh, Okay, I should point out. And, okay, the force of that punch was very strong because Jed had also made the poor decision of using that elastic band to keep the glasses... On the oh, head, yeah, yeah. you know, like the, <laughs> the ear. Sports strap. Yeah, the sports strap. My punch was too powerful for the sports strap. Wow. The glasses flew off, and he started doing that ugly little boy cry. You know when boys <laughs> cry, and it's more like a yell. <laughs> sounds like a siren. It's, or something. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a siren. It's like a. a <laughs> so Jed was doing that, and then I leaned in real close and I whispered, "No one will believe
0: you now." oh wow psychological <laughs> and physical warfare that was the most
1: badass i've ever been in my life
0: wow that is incredibly badass
1: he did tell my dad on me though he still did he t- well yeah i broke his glasses oh, i got yeah, in a lot of true. trouble yeah
0: well Jeff yeah, straight up assaulted <laughs> no i
1: got in trouble for breaking the glasses i didn't get in trouble for punching
0: him well that's part of it isn't it <laughs> i guess but because it was, there's a m- monetary there wasn't like a it.
1: oh you hit him it was more like a don't break you don't, don't break, break, break people's, people's glasses.
0: glasses oh yeah Probably aren't cheap to get fixed out, out, in the, out in the countryside. I
1: forget what I broke about them exactly. I remember just having, like, you know, that child panic you where you were like, my life right is in, over. Like, and he was holding the broken glasses, and I was like, ah, I forget where I connected. I just remember.
0: Because that's like the weak the, spot, the bridge of the glass. So if you hit mm-hmm. it sort of like beside the eye or right near the middle part.
1: I also remember them skidding across the hallway. So maybe that also. So, like, they it probably, lashed off his head <laughs>
0: with that force of the sports. It was very dramatic. Strap. Wow, what a punch. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Don't mess with me. Do not mess. Fellas. And so now, then
0: everybody knew, right? So that's like going in to prison the first day and punching the biggest guy. I think so at
1: that point, okay. it had been pretty established that oh, I was yeah. not a cool kid at yeah, all. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember at one point my principal came into my class and said something about how I was like a really great reader, which is just like, oh, the final (laughs) nail in the coffin for I guess I don't have friends now. like, thank you. (laughs) Principal
0: Hample. Thank you for that compliment. (laughs)
1: Principal Hample, I found out years later. First of all, he was kind of a weird, creepy dude. He was one of the, okay, so if you're living up north, all of the teachers, doctors, everyone successful is white and from the city, which can be very discouraging if you're a kid from that town and native. So Principal Hample was like this white, blonde, doughy, dough of a man <laughs> i didn't like him because he would always call me by my mother's name for some reason and nice. was just kind of like i got a weird vibe from him i found out after we moved he had to get a tetanus shot in his butt because some <laughs> kid he tried to like take a kid's pen away from them <laughs> okay. when they were writing a test and the kid bit him
0: oh he bit him yeah don't take a kid's <laughs> that's so funny (laughs) tenus shot in his butt
1: imagine being that kid though like a rabid child a (laughs) rabid
0: child yeah (laughs) that would be I mean worse probably but great story yeah (laughs) well so you overcame the blackmail stood up for yourself yeah and the story had a happy ending
1: I'm not sure if it has a good moral Eh. because I don't want to condone violence that's true but you know
0: and body shaming, but also shout out to rat tails. Who's bringing them back? We bringing them back. (laughs) I may or may not have had a rat tail at one point. Now, moving on. I had a mushroom cut. You had a mushroom cut? I had a bowl cut.
1: When I was, okay, so when I was three, my brother was born, I noticed that he was getting a lot more presents than me, you know, like just a (laughs) jerk baby getting so many more presents. Also, as I said, I was an avid reader, and I noticed that all the protagonists in all of my books were boys. And so I decided if I wanted a better life full of, you know, adventures and presents, then I should just be a boy. So right. from the ages of three to about seven, I was like, I'm a boy. I'm a boy. I had a boy's name, boy haircut. Um, my parents were cool with it. They were like, all right, we'll l- let her do this. That's right. we um, with punches. Yep. Yeah, I That's wanted great. like... Uh, my kindergarten picture—I'm wearing like a like a Blue Jays sweater, despite the fact that I didn't know the Blue Jays exist. Like I didn't oh, nice. know that they were a baseball team or what baseball was. But I was like, it was in the boys section. Yep. I wanted the one I wanted was a black Jurassic Park
0: one. Oh yeah, but it didn't come
1: my size, and I still am bitter, oh, about, man. That. I'm that still bitter so about that. That would be so sweet.
0: Yeah, you uh, still have that to this day. well I Jurassic have the Park. photo. You have the
1: photo <laughs> <laughs> Listen, finding clothes when you live way up north is hard. We had to order all, all of our stuff from Sears catalogs, and then just say a little prayer that it would fit when it arrived. Oh
0: man, it's just like that classic story: the sweater, the hockey sweater. Have you ever? Yeah, yeah right? bringing it back to hockey. Shout out to Canadians. You know the sweater. You know what I'm talking about. He orders the sweater from the Sears catalog, but it's no, not. It amazing. was the
1: Eatons. the Eaton's. Oh, the catalog. Eaton's catalog. Right, yeah, because right, yeah. I remember his mom was like, "Oh, but you had, Miss Monsieur Eaton will be so sad." <laughs>
0: Yeah, now we just got real Canadian up on you on this podcast. <laughs>
1: just alienating all the American viewers. Uh,
0: but this sweater did not. Yeah. It was not a Maple Leaf sweater.
1: For those of you who don't know, the Maple Leafs are the worst team.
0: They are doing okay this year.
1: They're not going to do it.
0: Historically, they're the worst team.
1: They're cursed.
0: They're, they're, they're
1: literally cursed. Do you know the story of the Maple Leafs curse?
0: Is it the Bill Barilko disappeared?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, no, there's two. There's that one where Bill Barilko disappeared. And then they found the helicopter crashed in the northern woods, but they didn't find his body. And his sister still thinks that he's out there somewhere. It's crazy.
2: So
0: he's out there putting the hex on?
1: Uh, no, because then when they found the helicopter that he had been in... Okay, so those of you who don't know, Bill Borilko was like a hockey dude. And then he uh, was on the Maple Leafs and he was on that team the, lo- the year they won the Stanley Cup. And oh. then he was like, I'm going to celebrate Canadian style, go off into the woods and do some hunting. So he did that, but then he never came back. And then while he was missing, the Leafs did not win a Stanley Cup until That's the done. year they found the helicopter. Maybe it was a plane. The yeah. flying device that yeah. he'd been in was crashed. They found the body of the pilot, right. but not of Barilko. So his sister still thinks that he's out there. Let's let her believe what she wants. She's had a hard life. She <laughs> has had a bad time. But the year that they found the plane, the Leafs won the Stanley Cup dun, dun, again. Uh, However, uh, the coach who had some sort of like what was his name like Simlac? He had some sort of an Imlac. Imlac. I was so <laughs> close. I'm very really, good. I'm really proud of myself. That was very good. Uh, and he had some sort of nickname that was like throat punch or punch. something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Punch. punch Imlac. Punch, punch Imlac. Imlac.
0: Imlac. Great uh, name.
1: Oh, throat punch would be a better.
0: Yeah,
2: that's uh, his kid. uh,
1: (laughs) Throat Punch Jr. So he was, for whatever reason, displeased with the way that the Leafs had played that year. And when... One of the players went to renew his contract. He lowballed him on purpose because he was like, you may have scored the winning goal that won us the Stanley (laughs) Cup, but you're still a piece of shit. And so the player refused to sign the contract, but then he was sued for breach of contract, for not re-signing the contract. Listen, sports law is something that is clearly over my head. We're not going to go into it. But that player had to pay a certain amount of money because he was sued. And he said that until the day that he was paid that amount of money back with interest, the Leafs would never win a Stanley Cup. And you know how long ago that was? I think it was 60, <laughs> 60 years ago. 60 plus yeah. years, yeah. Ooh. That story would have ended much stronger if I was like, and it was 65 years ago <laughs> instead this of being... To day,
0: like, <laughs> 65 years to the day. <laughs> so yeah, Leafs there. are cursed. <laughs> Leafs are cursed, but this year could be their year. I really hope it isn't. I'm wondering if someone wrote that guy a secret check. Because they're playing good, but yeah, they could get to the final and like just get killed or something. And the I sincerely curse would still hope so. I sincerely hope
1: because you know what, you know what, I live in Toronto <laughs> and I uh, do a lot of like I work downtown and stuff. See a lot of and fans. sports fans are terrible. Here is I know I am alienating a lot of people. I know there are people listening who are like, hey, I am a sports fan and I am great. Maybe you are right. Maybe you are a sports fan and you are great. But if you are a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and you are a big drunk white guy at a bar who's yelling at me, you are not great. Yeah.
0: I feel Not like that's great. fair to say. Totally fair. Yeah, sports fans—they can get out of control, mm. but all in good fun, right? <laughs> sports fans, yeah. I'm just sports nerds, go sports. All right. Well, that was a lot of great conversations, <laughs> and now we can get into the tweets. Isabel has selected three tweets at Isabel's Zaton on Twitter. Pigeon fancier is your preferred handle in nomenclature. Any particular reason for that?
1: Oh, so at one point I was starting a new job and we were in a training session. And I was very bored and I started drawing pictures of pigeons because I don't know if you know this, but pigeons are just really fun to draw. <laughs> okay. And then I started drawing, like making up poems about the pigeons. Sometimes, you know, like my brain just gets into a thing and it's like, we're going to do this.
0: <laughs> we're going to do guys. it for
1: hours. <laughs> and I think I put one on Twitter and at that point I was a very, I was like under a hundred followers and like very rarely using my... Twitter, but I think one person responded being like, this is cool, and I was like, pigeons are my thing now.
0: Alright, I'm in.
1: I really do love pigeons, though. They're beautiful birds. Pigeons they're, are pretty I mean, cool. They're, don't touch well, them, you'll get scurvy, but they're beautiful and iridescent and yeah. the way they move, it's like, I've watched like a pigeon, broo, broo, broo. Yeah, they make a beautiful sound, <laughs> beautiful, it's musical, it's sometimes nice. like stone-cold sober, I've just watched a pigeon walk around for 20 minutes and laugh my head <laughs> off because they they're like little clerks. They're like if a banker was a bird. But also beautiful. I, you shouldn't have started me on this. Because
0: yeah, I'm, no, like, I'm I glad get really that emotional I emotional
1: because people don't like pigeons and they should like pigeons.
0: So that's just legit, straight up, you fancy pigeons. Yeah. You are pigeon fancier. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at the tweets. Would you like to read one?
1: Sure. Should I give like a background into them? Yeah, before or, or after. Okay. Let's do after.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Gary Newman is 13 days older than Gary Oldman. I don't even know what to believe anymore.
0: <laughs> cars. It's the Cars guy, right?
1: <laughs> what?
0: Gary Newman. Cars guy?
1: Does he like cars?
0: Oh, isn't he, isn't that the Does band? he drive them? Does he own them? Gary Newman's song was Cars. Here in my car. Oh i, my feel safest, no fault, I can
1: That's the song that, that if it comes on on the radio, i turn it immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a fan of the song <coughs> Cars or if you're a so, fan of Gary uh, Newman. Gary <laughs> Newman. I'm more of a Gary Oldman fan. <laughs> Gary Oldman's my dude.
0: Gary Oldman's great. I, okay,
1: uh, now whenever I say that about any male celebrity, I'm just like, oh, uh, yeah. mm, he's great. Unless we find asterisk, out that he's not. <laughs>
0: asterisk on everybody, yeah. Now,
1: except for uh, Steve Buscemi, who's an angel, I'll defend him till I die. I since, like the day that we find out that Steve Buscemi, a, has died, or b, has done something bad. I will kill myself. No. I really don't.
0: <laughs> Steve Buscemi, great though, yeah. <laughs>
1: And I don't know. I don't think anything bad's ever going to come forward about Tom Hanks, but imagine if it did.
0: Oh, that would be the I'm ultimate I'm secretly gunning bombshell. for that. Oh my gosh. Ugh! It would break the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those break the internet things.
1: Yeah. Oh, it'd be terrible.
0: But impossible. I impossible.
2: Ugh, I'm sorry,
1: Tom Hanks. I'm sure you're a lovely person, but a part of me is just like, I hope he's not. No. Just because there's that like secret troll part of me. Anyway, <laughs> the Gary Newman Gary Ullman tweet was the first tweet I ever tweeted, and it was the re- like the reason that I joined Twitter because I oh. made that joke to someone and, and then they were like, could could it, "and they were like, get a Twitter account. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And then <laughs> it got, uh, wildly popular. No, it didn't. Um, but the friend who suggested I joined Twitter had it at that time. Uh, I think she's less on Twitter now. Um, but she had a very successful Twitter through she was, she's an indie game developer oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so she retweeted it and then a bunch of her followers did so for a while i just had a blank page with one tweet one that tweet. had like 200 <laughs> likes and 300 like you yeah, know just like um,
0: one good viral yeah. tweet
1: and my bio was like here's my tweet <laughs> and i nice. thought wouldn't it be funny if that was just, the only it. thing i ever tweeted and then i didn't tweet for three years <laughs>
0: <laughs> you really didn't yeah i really didn't one... it was the only thing there <clears throat> yeah so that one's from 2013 yeah it's a classic and now we can say as of the time of this recording it has Over 2,000 likes.
1: My baby's all grown up. Over
0: 1,300 retweets for that classic tweet. Very good. Um, So now I will read the next tweet for you, and it is like this. Getting pretty tired of Vin Diesel hopping in the passenger seat yelling, Punch it! When I'm just trying to eat my lunch alone in my car. (laughs) I love that, trying to eat lunch alone in my car. That's
1: the best part it's of it.
0: It's so relatable.
1: I get people. <laughs> so
2: many people. I get
1: people saying like, qu- quoting punch it at me a lot, which is great. It's yeah. a fabulous image of Vin That's Diesel. But like the, to me, the my favorite part is the eating lunch alone in my car.
0: That's what really sells it it's for me. Kicker. I mean, Vin Diesel for sure does that, hops into people's cars and yells, punch it. I can't even go that low. I can't even go low enough to do punch a good it, Vin punch Diesel. Punch it. Punch it. Vin Diesel noises.
1: <laughs> I'm so. Can you hear my hiccuping?
0: Yeah, that was good. Can't I think it's going to add a oral excitement to the podcast.
1: That's it. No, that doesn't sound good.
0: Oral, like a u r. You know what I'm talking about, listeners. Different words sound the same
1: but because i'm in this fancy studio i have a bottle of water that has been offered to me by my lovely hosts thank so hopefully you we'll get rid of <laughs> producer <laughs>
0: cody <laughs> for that so the third tweet do you want to hit us with that sure
1: i pry open the crab shell but instead of sweet crab meat i find a tiny bustling city filled with people who have my face it tastes terrible
0: <laughs> you ate it anyway. Ate it anyway. <laughs> Great. Punch. Yum yum yum. <laughs> so it looks like you tweeted that in August of this year. Uh, I like this
1: one. I feel like it's the most me thing. It really written. captures your voice. Yeah. It was one of those things where I wrote it and I was like, I love this, but I don't know if anyone else will even understand what's going on mm-hmm. with it because it's just so it's what you. I like. Yeah. And sometimes like, I find that recently I haven't I've been in a weird dry spell of Twitter and like kinda of jokes in general and so sometimes I'll look back at this and be like, oh, I
0: peep. <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> yeah, good old when days. just inspiration just struck. Yeah. And he was so happy about it. Well, <laughs> looks like a lot of people agree that that's very funny. <laughs> I like it too. And the little uh the people have your face, that's mm-hmm. a nice touch. Yeah. Can really help visualize it. Just it just really
1: shows how Narcissistic <laughs> guys, uh you can't see on the podcast, but I'm like incredibly beautiful.
0: Uh, not lying, folks. <laughs> That's why I had to send my wife away today. Just kidding. Shout out to Cat. Thank you for taking care of Griff. All right, now we get into the next tweets. They are sifted through literally hundreds of tweets on Twitter. Isabel's picks from others. So there are three tweets, but we can only read two because I can't do a good enough Werner Herzog impression, unfortunately. Uh, Maybe I'll just read it, but we'll see how it goes. So the first tweet comes to us from friend of the show, Zach, at name starts with a Z. And the tweet is. Did you want to? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this podcast is so fun for me. I'm just remembering all, all the Rediscovering
0: things. all your old faves <laughs> on the podcast live. Guys,
1: I'm reading it now and I'm laughing. I totally forgot about it. It's such a good tweet. Okay, Love so
0: it is. Young Hotshot Detective says, I'll solve this case using arrogance. Detective Haunted by His Past says, Arrogance is no match for my dead son memories.
1: So good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shout out to Zach. <laughs> Always great stuff and interesting thoughts about the song Torn. So definitely go check out his episode. <laughs> so, I'm a yeah, Pumsbury
1: a, fan myself.
0: You're a Pumsbury fan? Yeah. Not Neighbor Ron?
1: <laughs> I enjoy Neighbor Ron, but I just like Pumsbury.
0: Pumsbury. Like, I just love A man after my
1: own heart, you know?
0: <laughs> Pumsbury. <laughs> Pumsbury, you fool. <laughs> I love being mean to Pumserbury.
1: He deserves it. He just <laughs> is too big for his britches.
0: I think he can. he's got he's got ideas. He's got plans. They don't involve Zach. Alright, so um would you like to read the second tweet from at Cervix Smash? I forgot Cervix I give
1: this one too. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the tweet. Imagine being an actress and having to pretend you're in love with Adam Sandler. Whoa. <laughs> I, can't I think do I, saying
0: like, this
1: is a very good point. This is okay. Um, This person is my best friend in the in the whole world.
0: Cervix and, smash.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's a great. I mean, it's a great
1: handle and very very funny dude. He's the best. I love him. And this is one of those tweets that I encountered before we spoke, and I was like, I love this. And sometimes one of the nice things about Twitter, and a lot of times I have friendships with people friendships with people who i read their tweets beforehand and i was like i love their voice and you kind of know oh we're gonna be friends right and then and then we are yeah uh and this is one of those cases where i was just like i've met this person's my best friend he had some other ones that were good but sometimes if his tweets do really well he will delete them oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah we all know people like that do we well
1: i mean (laughs) i know one yeah one (laughs) one
0: specific person who sometimes does it that's a great one though so Shout out to cervix smash. Also funny every time I say it. Cervix it's so smash. Good. So the third tweet that you selected that I can't really do a do justice, but I think we should. I can
1: find a third one immediately. I have another one in mind. Okay, guys, when I gave the so the tweet in question is my favorite tweet of all time. It's by your pal Mild Sauce and. I love it because it has to do with my two favorite things in the entire world, Werner Herzog and Butts. That's not a joke. I love Werner Herzog so <clears> much. <throat> one time I met him at the Toronto International Film Festival and I cried. Whoa. And I, uh, I love Butts. That one goes like,
2: <laughs> ever, right, ever only ever loves butts. <laughs> I'm
1: only human. I'm only human. When I gave it to Stephen, I was like, this is funny. You have to read it in a Werner Herzog voice. If you can't read it in a Werner Herzog voice, I will send you another one. Like, don't. Don't fuck it up. doesn't want
0: me to try and <laughs> fail. And literally, I read that tweet in Werner Herzog style voice maybe like 30 or 40 times in preparation for the podcast, and I could never... Nail it. I couldn't. I really I
1: appreciate that you tried.
0: Couldn't feel positive. Like, I honestly have Werner Herzog queued up, right? The system into another by this <laughs> I'm just playing Werner Herzog. This is what he sounds like.
2: Pieces pieces I, I know, piece. yeah. You can't hear it, but the listeners
0: can oh, okay. hear it. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, this is going to be a special I surprise
1: <laughs> for me later. This podcast is full of so many special <laughs> surprises.
0: Yeah. so I'm listen- having the most fun. So, the, I couldn't I couldn't nail it. So, the, the backup tweet that you have selected is.
1: So, it's by uh, Jill LaJill. At Jillian Car- Carger.
2: Yeah.
1: At one po- I might be pronouncing her name wrong. I remember at one point she was like, the way that everyone thinks to pronounce my name is wrong.
0: Oh, no. And that's I've the only part of that
1: conversation I remember. I forget Car-ger. the correct, but it's spelled uh, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-K-A-R-G-E-R. So I know it's not it's not Carger like Charger. That's okay. not Because that's how I thought it was, and it turned out I was wrong. I'm really sorry, Jill. Jill is one (laughs) of my favorite people on Twitter. She's really amazing and funny and hilarious. Shout out. And I love this tweet so much. So the tweet is, guy, so I was a jerk to you this whole movie, but now I realize I love you, girl, and I love you for who you are, the jerk you are inside. (laughs) Perfect.
0: Jill, you did it again. You did it again, Jill. Yeah, Jill's great. I think she also has sent a question. So we'll look forward to that.
1: I am looking forward to it.
0: And speaking, oh, do you have anything to
1: add? Uh, no. (laughs) <laughs> I could say nice things about Jill all day. This could be like the Jill fan podcast.
0: Jill fan. So everyone go ahead and follow her, Jillian Carger, on Twitter. And now we get into the questions from Twitter. So thank you to everyone who has sent in a question at FOTS Pod on Twitter. I really appreciate all of the questions that everyone sends, and it helps the show go around. So thank you very much. First question comes in from llama in a tux at llama in a tux and <laughs> those hiccups are so cute
1: really sorry
0: <laughs> uh the question is hello yes my question is what is the worst date story you tell at your stand-up shows
1: okay first of all uh way to try to get content for free llama that? oh that's a sneaky <laughs> Most people have to pay ticket prices to hear. no i'm joking that's such a mean thing to say uh no, um, so I have a bunch that I kind of weave into one Worst state story sometimes. If anyone is in the Toronto area, a show that I started doing at the very beginning when I was doing comedy that has been very good to me and very supportive of me is a show called Tinder Tales, which is comedians and just people who aren't comedians who just want to do storytelling, come up and talk about their horror stories of uh, Tinder and dating. And so when I do those, I'll often uh, combine a bunch of different experiences into
0: like a nightmare one. date from hell. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Which makes for a fun story. I hate to tell you this, but a lot of comedians that didn't really happen to them. It's you know what
0: they, they're exaggerating they the truth of comedic effect. oh <laughs> uh, well, as long as it's funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll tell one. I'll tell one <clears throat> thing that happened to me. Okay, once I was on a date with a guy, and he was trying. Also, the way I date. I mean, I'm not dating anymore. I'm in a relationship, but and I never really dated before then either. What I would do, I kind of treated them like interviews, like and <laughs> for material. Like I don't know, I I didn't date right. I'm <laughs> probably just really mean to men. But at one point, I did this thing where I was like, I want to see what the most personal thing is that they'll share oh, with yeah. me, <laughs> like what I can How get, can what I can go. get them to admit. Yeah. Uh, I stopped doing that when a guy told me that he had probably, oh, your face is already looking worried. No, I'm, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah very interesting. Uh, that he had, had probably
1: saying. lost his virginity to his dog. No, he didn't give any more details. I did not ask for any more details. Mm. That was what happened. Uh, and so the, the, The way I make that a joke. Good way. Yeah, well, (laughs) good
0: reason to stop asking that question, for sure. uh, Yeah, so as
1: he said that, uh, like, you know, as the words left his body, you could see in his eyes that he knew there was no second date (laughs) down the line. Because, of course not. Because, listen, who amongst us has not had an ex who was still hung up on their ex.
0: Hey, there's the pug Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> this guy was a white guy. Do you know how much white guys love their dogs so Whoa. much? They kiss them on the mouth. <laughs> this guy is definitely getting drunk at 2am and calling his mom and being like can I talk to Bailey? <laughs> and the dog's just like, Justin, listen, things are different now. I'm neutered. You gotta move on. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the uh, bits that I do on stage about bad dates.
0: Well, thank you very much for sharing that and shame on Lama and talks for not coming to a show to see it.
1: In all fairness, I don't think he lives in the same city as me
0: that's okay there's ways there's ways
1: one point he taunted me and he was like i'm on a tour because he lives like a fancy jet set lifestyle whatever it's no big deal and he was like i just went through toronto and i like waved at the cn tower for you he didn't visit he
0: could have yeah he sounds like he could have popped out to comedy bar (laughs) for a quick moam well, thank you, Ace, for submitting that question, Llama. And the next questions come in from Rads at Feeling Euphoric, friend of the show. And she has questions three. The first, how are you mo- the most beautiful person in the whole world?
1: I'm so glad that we got to talk about how attractive I am multiple <laughs> times on this podcast. It just keeps coming up.
0: <laughs> it just keeps coming up. I think the same question came up on her podcast, the same statement. I
1: asked it of her. She's (laughs) the most adorable person. It's a
0: great callback. So yes, you're both very adorable. So how do you do it?
1: I don't eat any sugar. I try to get to bed before midnight every night. I use Vaseline as night cream and uh, just straight up genetics.
0: Wow. That's all working for you.
1: Oh, you got a serious (laughs) answer. What? I love it. And
0: Vaseline as night cream. Listeners take that to the bank.
1: At one point, Tyra gave up Vaseline at her show. Uh, because she was like, it works so well. You can put it everywhere.
0: So, so there shout out go. to Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks knowledge mm-hmm. on the podcast. All right, two. Do you have any stand-up comedians who inspire you? And if so, whom and why?
1: My two favorite comedians at the moment are probably Maria Bamford, mm-hmm. who I love for multiple reasons. Maria Bamford is great because she's a woman. She's a, I don't want to say older woman, because she's what? And they're like, 30, but she's passed that, okay. When you're a woman, you disappear after you hit 30. And Maria Bamford is not 30. And she's visible. 30 and plus. she And she, be, I mean, she's been successful for a while. She's a very accomplished voice actress. But she became like visible to yep. the public eye after she hit that like doomsday 30 mark. And for that, I'm like, yes, yes. I want to see more older women on TV. Like I'm, I know I'm not voicing what, you know, the TV execs think. <laughs> it's not, they're not like, oh, the masses are crying for more middle-aged women. It's what they want. But it's what I want. I want to see it. So that's great. Two, she's very open about her struggle with mental illness and how it's really affected her life. And it was like, it's been a huge struggle for her and the fact that she has, I mean, I don't want to say overcame mental illness because mental illness is one of those things that like, it's going to be with you your whole life and it's an ongoing struggle, but she... Uh, The fact that she's vocal about it and she's, you know, survived with it is is great. It's fantastic. Also, like, she's just also very hilarious and very, very very funny. Her most recent special, her first special, actually, I didn't like it as much as I liked her most recent one, which is fantastic. She does, she's doing her own thing with comedy and she's really making it her own. And she has this really, really unique voice. And you can tell that she, I really love people who like to play with the medium that they're given. And she really does that to very good effect. And then the second one is Jen Kirkman, a little bit more traditional stand-up style, but I, I'm a big fan of her. I think she's hilarious. She also speaks up a lot for our women's rights. So I'm really sorry, okay. and she she's just fab. I, I love when I see women comedians who are like confident in owning themselves and
2: just.
0: Yeah, that's a huge part of it, uh, especially yeah, because of all the obstacles. Obviously, after come is a very male-dominated industry, mm-hmm. and um, it always has been. So it's great to see like not only great new voices that come up, uh, women and people of color, but also them sticking up for each other and growing the community. So mm-hmm. everyone is is sort of like yeah, check out this person, check out this person, yeah. and sharing she, other voices.
1: She was one of the first ones to call out Louis C.K. as well, being like, "Hey." This guy's a dirtbag.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's a big part of it too. Like being standing up for yourself. Like that's, yeah, that, just, that's a huge part of it.
2: Mm-hmm. So Not supporting abusers. Great.
0: No support abusers. All right. And the third question from Rads Deathmatch: Me versus at Captain Calvis Kellen. Who wins?
1: I'm pretty sure that. Kellen would lose for a number of reasons. One, I think he's like a good person who wouldn't want to fight a woman and would probably throw the match,
2: <laughs> okay. you know? yeah.
1: Because it's like, you know, he, she's smaller than him physically and younger than him, and, you know. I I feel like Kellen wouldn't beat up a woman is what I'm saying.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm hundred uh, percent in agreement.
1: I said multiple reasons. It's really the only reason.
0: But it is also a death match.
1: Okay, I don't think that Madeline could kill anyone. I think she has a good, sweet, pure heart and I love her very much.
0: So they both just they would so they would, bo- would de- kind of
1: like <laughs> slap each other and be like, "Oh," and then they'd just be left in the thunderdome and be like whoever, you know, can outlast the other starvation style. <laughs>
2: starvation, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, thank you very much, Reds, for those great questions, and I don't want to see any death matches between you and Cal. So, Great, bud. Great. Thanks for asking the questions.
1: Don't kill kill yourself.
0: (laughs) And the next question comes in from Michael at home underscore halfway. And Michael asks, which Mark's brother had the rawest sexuality?
1: Okay. uh, This one, I'm going to have to say Groucho Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because he had the most number of spouses.
0: Oh, this is a well-researched answer.
1: Well, listen. At one point, I saw the movie... What's the movie? The one where they're like... Something about uh, politics, where they're like, Mm -hmm. there's a king one of them's a king one of them's a ruler there's like some sort of a governing body Uh obviously this movie made a great impression on me but afterwards I remember googling the Marx Brothers the reason I saw this movie was because I was like I need to be more cultured and I need to expose myself to the Marx Brothers and then I saw this one movie and I was like done Uh, that was bad for radio but I did like the hand the (laughs) hand dusting off motion but uh, and so then I did some research and I was like okay I'll watch this movie and then I'll just check Wikipedia and then I'll be cultured so uh, Groucho was an interesting guy not only did he have three wives but they were all substantially younger than him like they just got younger and younger his first wife was kind of close in age to him born 1920 his next wife was born in 1945 whoa his, big jump uh no that's the marriage date okay, okay i'm reading this wrong at first i was like oh my gosh what a juicy piece of gossip and then i just realized i was misreading wikipedia you here first but i do i do remember reading it and being like whoa those are some young ass wives yeah and I, I for whatever reason in my mind i was like and he had a billion children i think he had three kids which it I that mean
0: that's not nothing
1: I I have four younger siblings, so for me to say that would be very hypocritical. <laughs> right. Uh da, da, da. so maybe one of the other Marx brothers has a bunch of kids. I'm I my phone's on two percent. So my Googling um, is not proving very successful.
0: But Groucho is what you're gonna go with.
1: Yeah. Also, you know, he had that mustache. Was he the one with the mustache? <laughs> yeah, he was, he's the one with the mustache. And it
0: go. was that mustache that got the ladies going.
1: I feel like I should retract that statement because I don't wanna encourage mustaches in men. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, November's over, so we can say Shave that. Shave
1: those things off, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, man. The next question comes in from Mike Bigby at Mike Bigby on Twitter. And he asks Does free will exist? And what's next for your comedy career?
1: All right. So, in answer to your question, it does, but not in ways that we think it does. Okay. I think so, in things like, you know, picking out your clothes or being like, what's my. Uh, <laughs> What, what am I going kind to tweet of about? Or like,
0: earrings I get away today. Yeah, like
1: that's all been predetermined. Our personality is so based on, you know, what we experience in life and what our genetics are. And there are so many things that we learn are actually like, oh, you don't decide this. Like they, there's a study I read recently that said divorce is genetic where they looked at people who had been adopted. And then they looked at their birth parents and they found that if the birth parents got married and stayed together... They adopted, like the kids they gave up for adoption, were more likely to get married and stay together, Ooh. as opposed to if the birth parents got married, like got divorced or broke up or whatever. Okay. So there are all these things that we think like, oh, it's up to me. Really, it's not. But I think that free will does exist in a much smaller but more important way when we're faced with an ethical or a moral dilemma, right? And we're acting either against our own be- best interest or against our like comfort, right? And it's in those moments that like we choose who we are. And it's like, am I going to be it's a good like the person? The light or, or bad the person? dark
0: side?
2: There is
1: a really nice saying, and uh, all of my friends are like, oh, here she is with the saying again. Because <laughs> I talk about this a lot. But so there's an uh, Inuit saying there are two dogs inside of me. One is good and one is bad. And they're constantly fighting. And the one that wins is the one I feed the most.
0: Oh. Got it. So that's, what,
1: that's what I think of free will. So
0: when you make a bad bad quote-unquote bad decision You're your bad, the bad, you the bad dog, dog gets a bit bigger
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that, and that it, that's it, more a part of you
1: and it determines who you are i don't believe in good people or bad people and i think that when i meet people maybe this is also uh just like my women's <laughs> senses when i meet a guy who's like i'm a good guy i'm right. just like uh you if sound you were, like you, you feed don't a bad it. dog
0: <laughs> all right and uh he also asked what's next for your comedy career oh you got the book coming out <laughs>
1: That's not a, a comedy book, though. No, I, I mean, I, sh- I sure hope that it's not going to – people aren't going to think it's funny. I don't know. I think Kafka's kind of funny in some ways, but that's not my – I didn't author that. I am trying to get out of Toronto more and travel around, and that's difficult for me because I'm also a single mom. I don't know, days off or it's a lot babysitting yeah. my parents are very supportive and very wonderful oh and that's I'm great. incredibly lucky yeah i wouldn't be able to do what i do without my family i also have uh, my siblings are all in toronto and they help up babysitting sometimes oh that's great nice so yeah hope trying to out of town, get out of town getting more
0: exposure with you're saying the smaller communities or other yeah. communities with different diverse voices yeah
1: and it's also helpful knowing that your jokes are they resonate with people outside of your community because it's so oh, easy yeah. to be insular with your comedy and just mm-hmm. be like, yeah, so who here, who <laughs> here goes to Kipling subway station yeah. and then that stuff doesn't translate. Yeah. Beyond.
0: But it does. It works at like a few very specific spots.
1: Oh, it works great <laughs> yeah. at a few very kills. specific spots. It, <laughs> it, kills. <laughs> it kills at the annual at the Kipling comedy. Once
2: circuit. you get
0: outside subway land though, <laughs> right? It stops pick, making, uh, making the laughs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. So thank you very much, Mike, for sending the question. And the next question comes from Desecrated Jewel at Desecrated Jewel. Another Canadian pal. Who? What is the origin story of your pigeon appreciation? So where did it all begin?
2: Did we talk about this?
0: We already talked about it, yeah. But what's the – what's The first pigeon that you appreciated. The first pigeon that I appreciated. Do you remember a specific day? Yes, I do.
1: Okay, so if you live in Toronto... Okay, here we go with the regional humor. (laughs) If you live in Toronto, there's a subway station called Bathurst Subway Station. It's the best subway station in the world because it is overrun with pigeons. So overrun with pigeons. If you've seen the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, there are scenes where you see a large... Building called Honest Ed's, and it's all lit up. Like the marquee is all. It's beautiful, and it was one of my favorite places. And now it's closed down because of gentrification.
0: Toronto landmark, now closed.
1: Yeah, now it's gone. And when they first started turning off the lights, every time I would walk past, I would cry. I'm, (laughs) I'm very emotional, I am very attached to things. But right around the corner from there is Bathurst Subway Station, and underneath like in, once you go down to the platform there's like a photo booth there's like a pants altered place okay, there's yeah. like a bakery and on top of every surface are like spiky yeah. spike things to keep the birds keep away but off. there's a precious family of pigeons that nestled in among the spikes and just built their nests there as a giant fuck you wow. to the people who put those spikes there and i remember i was 18 and i was looking at those pigeons and i was like they know how to live like they those the, pigeons the spirit of real. those pigeons is indomitable
0: yeah well, that's great. Well, That's, that's a, a true story. That's a beautiful story, might I add.
1: If you go to Toronto and you <clears> want to see a really good tourist attraction, it's like skip the Bad Museum, go to Bathurst Subway Station, find the OG pigeons. <laughs> find those
0: pigeons <laughs> and give them a small offering of bread. Now the next questions come to us from the Burger King at A Burger A Day, and he has two questions. Number one. Is there a story behind your tattoos? And uh, if so, would you please tell us?
1: Why does he talk like that?
0: That's just how he talks. <laughs> he doesn't actually talk like that. I like to talk, <laughs> to ask the questions that's in weird Steven's voices. That's Steven's
1: tattoo voice. Yeah, that's <laughs> the guy asking the about tattoos. The hardcore tattoo voice.
0: <laughs> so you do, you are inked.
1: I am. I have tattoos. And it's very flattering that he says that he likes them because I know that he does not like tattoos generally. He's oh. not a big fan of tattoos as a whole. Mm. So I the tattoos that he's talking about, the ones that he's seen, are their two little buddies, and they're surrounded by marigold flowers, and they're on my... Is this a sternum?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. All right. Yeah. They're on my sternum, and I, I got them because my daughter was born in the year of the rabbit, and my son is born in October, and the flower for that month is marigolds. Oh, and nice. Also, rabbits have this weird way of popping up in my life. I had a a pet rabbit when I was little... He died tragically. He was torn apart by a raccoon when he oh, was 12 years old. Oh, that no. was All he had to do was like one more week and he would have passed away in his sleep. But instead, he was torn apart by a raccoon. Guys, life is cruel. Very sorry, but also, yeah. he was a bad rabbit because he kept trying to um, sexually assault our next door neighbor's dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was a big rabbit.
1: Uh, Normally, he was a regular sized rabbit. Oh. They're just small, small dogs. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he would run across the lawn and our neighborhood start screaming. And at the time, I didn't know that he was trying to have sex with them. Yeah. I thought he was attacking <laughs> right, them and yeah. I would laugh. 'cause I was like those wimpy ass dogs. Yeah. But then I'm almost like, dog. no, that's not what's <laughs> happening. So maybe Buster deserved no, no one deserves Victoria Harper. No, to be torn
0: apart
1: no, me, no, no. But anyway, I I like rabbits. R
2: I P Buster. My, a
1: large part of my life has been rabbit <laughs> imbued. Okay, and, yeah. and so I got these tattoos. And the tattoo artist, uh, her name is Frances Lee. She's a really, really talented artist in Toronto. And she's she's really, really good at rabbit tattoos in particular.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you went to the the, the, I went professional. To the rabbit. Yeah, you went person. to the rabbit person. Yeah. She F- also is.
1: does like very very good with color. Oh. And I, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but I'm not white <laughs> <laughs> listeners of the podcast. So my concern with color would be if you're not working with like porcelain skin, oh, right. incorporating color can, well can be or... trickier. Um, so she's a very good colorist and I like I just liked her style, which is very cartoony, because 'cause I'm a very cartoony person myself.
0: Well, there you go, burger guy. <laughs> Thank you for that. And your second question, what was it like living in Alaska and were you far enough north to have days without sun and days without night?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I don't know uh I don't know why Alaska. At one point did I tell people I was from Alaska? Maybe. It might Here's was the thing. Say, Sometimes I'll just like casually north, lie in conversation because right? I think it's funny and then I'll forget that I lied and then people will just think that of me. <laughs> So I'm really sorry if I said i was from Alaska. I'm from northern Alberta, still very 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 north. Um, and yes, there were days with uh, with the sun it didn't set. It was very frustrating. Oh my gosh. Okay, it was very frustrating as a child to go to bed at what was probably like 10 p.m. but with the still full late. light outside well, and yeah. also you could hear kids playing. Other kids playing outside. Yeah. Cuz their parents didn't care and they were neglected <clears> or whatever. <throat> yep. And so that was frustrating. And my mom would have to tape cardboard over the window so that the sunlight wouldn't come in. And I think as a result, I'm a very heavy sleeper and I can sleep through anything and I can sleep in the daytime. And oh. I'm used to sleeping in the daytime. It's a bonus. The one thing I miss from the North are the Northern Lights. Before I die, I want to drive up and see them again because I miss them a lot. Sometimes I'll look at pictures of them, them all and the time, I'll cry. Right? Someone gives a podcast like, is me talking yeah. about how I cry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, Northern Lights, Aurora Boreal. Great, beautiful thing. Miss them too. Uh, all right, and the next question comes in from Zach at Name Starts with a Z and he asks, "What is your favorite spice, seasoning, or condiment?"
1: Okay, I have a. I actually have an answer to this. All right, ready? Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it. You know the one? Okay, it's like uh, tamarind. Tamarind spice. Tamarind. There was a limited edition sm- something house smokehouse like this like seasoning company had like a limited edition tamarind clubhouse tamar- clubhouse! <laughs> clubhouse had a limited edition tamarind spice spice and it was delicious and i put it on everything and then when i saw it was limited edition i bought five and it was discontinued like three years ago and i still have you it still have some yeah oh, wow. i love the taste of tamarind i like i said i don't eat sugar but there used to be and i hate pop and i hate soda or yeah. um pop soda coke soft drink whatever yeah. you call it i don't like it i n- never have high uh,
0: fructose corn syrup
1: exactly <laughs> It's too like it hurts my mouth. But the one that I miss was there's a Mexican drink called tamarindo, mm,
2: and yes. it was like
1: tamarind pop, and it was so good.
0: Mm. I miss
1: it. <laughs> I love the taste <laughs> there of tamarind.
0: You go tamarind, very specific and good answer. And Clubhouse, maybe think about bringing it back.
1: Yeah, guys, can we make that make it viral? <laughs> Clubhouse, Bring back if you're listening, listen. I'm all stocked up for life. I don't need it for me, you're good? but if like you want to try it, then maybe you know start. Yeah, with yeah, that. I do want to try it now.
0: <laughs> I'm going to start at replying Clubhouse. See what we can do. All right, we got a couple questions left as we're winding down, and the next question comes from Rob Elliott at Rocky Momax. and he asks. As a female comedian in the midst of everything that is happening at the moment, has it affected your stage presence? Do you feel more empowered on stage or find yourself getting more laughs? You know, I've always thought you were hilarious. That's what Rob says.
2: Mm.
0: Me too, though. Yeah, Steven doesn't
1: – <laughs> like. just to be clear, I'm I don't think it's hilarious. I got her on the podcast because I thought she'd be a huge But that
0: was all part of the – the question. That was a parenthetical at the end.
1: Yeah, Rob, I think he was worried that in the second part of his question when he was like, have you found you've been getting more laughs you would come across this <laughs> yeah. as like...
0: I get it. Mm. <laughs> he couched it.
1: Yeah. A very thoughtful dude. Uh, so no and no. But okay, that's the short answer. The long answer could take a very long time right. and just be like the whole pot. I could give a TED talk. Okay, so the first no to I do not feel more empowered on stage is because comedy is very empowering for me and there are m- multiple things about comedy that have empowered me but those things have been existing for a long time i'm talking about spaces that are like for women by women for people of color by people of color for women of color by women of color and we've been doing that we've been carving out these uh, i don't want to use the term safe spaces but Mm -hmm. just like these spaces for ourselves for for years because we've been forced out of these other places and i should add with much success Mm-hmm. Um one of my very good friends her name is Anna Simone George she started up a show called Shade this year which is just for people who are people of color women or lgbt
0: LG, lgbt oh
1: my god I fucked that up I'm so sorry or who are who are queer basically if you're not a straight white man you can <laughs> do her show and they've sold out every month and there's a huge following huge community she was profiled by vice nice just just simply by making spaces for marginalized groups these things are very empowering and they're wonderful but they've been happening for a long time and we've been doing that by ourselves also the, the part two to that no is that the Me Too movement if anything has made me acutely aware of the amounts of internalized misogyny that exist within female comedians within, within my own communities mm. and that has been very disheartening for me and also made me feel like there were places where I felt we're, we're safe or we're supportive, and suddenly I'm finding out they're suddenly not.
0: So it's like faux-supportive, or like surface-level supportive, but...
1: More like they want to take advantage of the... This is so serious. Okay, they want to take advantage of the of the community that offers support, but they also don't want to give back to it, and they want to... I mean, I don't want to get into people's heads and be like, "This is why they do it."
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, I think from observing that it's more like they, they want to get as much support as they can. So they'll be like a like a false right. ally, or they'll <clears throat> play up the fact that like I'm Asian. and right. then they they turn around and actively like support abusers or support rooms that are garbage or will be like, not all men. Right. Or like, and, and, or, or worse things that I don't want to mention because of people's privacy or whatever. But that's been really sad because I want to be this person who supports all women and loves all women and this, and whatnot. But and it's so frustrating when, when a woman is like, mm, but like, eh, it's fine that <laughs> men are like this. Let's just like, let them do their thing. Or like, eh, I, I don't know. I'm doing a horrible impression of someone I know. Uh, <laughs> And I just want to take them by the shoulders and I want to shake them like like a detective in a film noir being like, listen, kid, you're better than this. Better, you can get out of this town. You can
0: there's There's
1: better stuff out there for yeah. you. You got to understand.
0: You don't got to go back there, kid. <laughs> you don't got to go. And
1: all the cigarettes are flying out of her mouth and I'm just shaking her by the shoulders. I just want to do that and be like, love yourself. Lo- love yourself. Yeah. Stop it. But, yeah. So that's been a little bit discouraging. And as for the laughs thing. And uh, Rob clarified this to me that he meant maybe that now people who previously would have thought, "Oh, oh women, women aren't <laughs> funny, women aren't whatever," would maybe be listening. That's a really nice thought, and it's very sweet. Of like, yeah, bless his soul. I guess, so, but yeah. I honestly think that if you if you thought that already, Me Too probably is not gonna persuade you. It would be lovely if that would happen for just it's one person. Not
0: changing oh, attitudes overnight is yeah. what you're saying. Just a hashtag. Uh, I mean,
1: I mean, hopefully it's at least started the seeds of Uh, something somewhere. (laughs) And I am happy in that it has prompted a lot of uh, a, you know, gross people being booted out of whatever. And B, it's opened up some maybe like town hall style discussions of like, how do we deal with this? But I don't think it's necessarily changing audience perspectives but i mean also that's so hard to gauge because as a comedian hopefully you're always learning and growing and becoming funnier and funnier until you know you just like achieve uh, (laughs) maximum funny velocity and shoot off into the sun based on your jokes since he asked that question i was kind of trying to pay attention at shows being like "Eh, am i getting more laughs right but it's so – there's no uh, – what do you call it? There's no control for that experiment. Right. Because I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll just say, yeah, you're getting a little bit more every time. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's what's happening.
1: So I shoot off into the sun.
0: But it has nothing to do with me too.
1: Yeah. Or if it does, I have no way of knowing.
0: There's no way of knowing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well – Rob, you asked an impossible question. <laughs> Thank you for It was very really your... thoughtful.
1: I really appreciate that he yeah. asked like, a thoughtful question because I, I did spend some time – Mulling it over.
0: That's great. And, yeah, thank you, Rob, for asking such a, a great um, provoking question, a conversation-provoking question. And everyone follow at RockyMomax on Twitter for some fun jokes. Now the final question comes in from the aforementioned BadBoyBacon at bad boy underscore Bacon. And Bacon asks, hello, why was Sally selling seashells by the seashore? When anyone could just walk right down to the beach and get seashells for free.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, capitalism is inherently evil
0: that's right part (laughs) of our society listen the
1: the the people were told falsely that they had to buy sally seashells because they were somehow better also people have a different perception of value and sometimes if something is free it's something has a price tag on it their brains will be like the price tag is better that's right listen it's all like that birkin bag mentality sometimes if it seems fancier then you're gonna want
2: it that's happened to you though hasn't it
1: where you're at a store and there's like a sale rack and you look at the sale items and then you look at the full price items and you're like "Mm, but these seem better
0: that could happen yep that's for sure and it could be branding sally could have just good branding she has a nice little thing you don't have to walk all the way down to the beach she has brought them to you that's a service
1: maybe she's just like a really charming good salesperson
0: entrepreneurial at least also who's her
1: audience Who's she selling to Maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe Sally's like hot stuff and she's selling to all the men on the beach.
0: That could happen. Maybe
1: Sally's like an old lady who's, you know, selling those homey homey shells <laughs> and people are like, oh, it's like like grandma used to shell, make, you know. Yeah.
0: With each shell, a little homespun. Maybe wisdom. they feel
1: sorry for her. Once my mom bought two hundred dollars worth of candles from a roadside oh, candle no. seller because <laughs> oh, no. she felt sorry for uh, them, and she was like, oh, they're here with their candles so earnestly, so desperate selling their candles.
0: Definitely part of a huge pyramid <laughs> and she came scheme. She she had all
1: these <laughs> candles. Uh, We're still not done all those candles. You still have the candles. Listen, my mom's house smells amazing, <laughs> but oh did you know? Did you know that ninety eight percent of candles sold are so sold to women? What? Yeah. Isn't that crazy?
0: That is crazy. I mean, I'm trying to think Guys, back I'm to my last candle purchase now. I'm trying to think back. Yeah. To my last all candle the candles purchase. in this house are
1: supplied by Steven's wife.
0: Uh it's true. And we did have a nice cinnamon one burning earlier. Mm. All right. Well, I guess that just about wraps her up. So, if you have anything that you wanted to promote, maybe your show, maybe a Redbubble page, or something, I will include the link in the show notes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, if you like artwork, I have uh, a duvet of Steve Buscemi's face oh, yeah. and also some other things like t-shirts and stickers and stuff. And a
2: duvet
0: of Steve Buscemi's face? It's
1: my favorite thing. All I want is for everyone to have duvets with Steve Buscemi's face on them. If you want to check out my artwork, I have a Redbubble page. Just Google Redbubble Isabel Zawton. It'll be right there. I have a blurb page for my children's books. Again, I think you just Google blurb Isabel Zawton. I have two books currently up there and ideally a third by Christmas if I get yeah. my
2: act together.
1: And if you're in Toronto on December 29th, I have a show coming up, Hack Couture, which is my fashion comedy show.
0: Check her out in 2018. All the dates, (laughs) just DM (laughs) Isabel on Twitter, and she'll tell you specifically. Yeah. for our GTA listeners. And I think that just about wraps it up. I said
1: GTA listeners for a second. I was like, I thought Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, our (laughs) gamers,
0: all our hardcore gamers out there. Get at us.
1: (laughs) Listen to some female comedy, which I know if you like Grand Theft Auto, you love women in comedy.
0: Shout out to women in comedy, definitely. Everyone, go check out a unique comedic voice if you can. Anybody else that you recommend for that? Maria Bamford, you said uh, Jen Kirkman.
1: I probably have a bunch, but I just they, I'm blanking now because I've been put on the spot. <laughs> um, I'm just like I've never right. heard of a comedian. What are you talking about?
0: All right, <laughs> Dave well, so I guess that just about wraps it up, and we will now I'll play the theme song, and we will say our goodbyes. Bye. <laughs> thank you for coming over to my house and recording the first live episode and I'm sorry that I've given you the hiccups but it's really funny to me I
1: get them really often
0: oh it's here yeah I know yeah, no, all the time my
1: boyfriend says I should go to the doctor about it okay
2: <laughs> bye guys
0: <laughs> well that's it I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Isabel do check out her artwork and jokes on Twitter and IRL Go to at FOTSPOD and send a question for future guests. I am at Skinner Steven on Twitter. Visit stephenwskinner.com for all the episodes, like every single episode. Be sure to subscribe and automatically get a new episode every week. And support the show by leaving a review. Cheers to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme and Ruby Coast for the music. And thank you very much for listening. Have a great one.